Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from HealthNetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? HealthNetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains, as well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. HealthNetics products are all natural, THC-free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at HealthNetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What's better than this? It's the Draft Dudes Podcast. Welcome, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, uh, to the best NFL Draft Podcast show out there. Don't believe me? You can ask the two other guys that are on the show today. They'll tell you the same thing. I am Kyle Krabs, the Director of Scouting at NDT Scouting, uh, NFL Draft Analyst for FanRag Sports. I am joined, as always, by my Assistant Director of Scouting, Joe Marino also of FanRag Sports, and we have another fresh face. This is our second of the week. Uh, Joe, I'm going to let you, after I kick it to you, uh, introduce our guest today after you tell everybody at home how you are doing on this fine, fine day. I'm good, Kyle, man. It's uh, good to be back on, you know, the, the best NFL Draft podcast there you go. out there. Yep. We, are, we, are, we are quite appreciative of all the uh, – fantastic reviews and numbers that we've been able to turn here in just the you know less than 10 episodes into this thing so thanks for following along with us we appreciate all the positive feedback uh i'm excited man we've got a good guest today and and our uh is i think our fourth ever hire at ndt scouting mr scott bischoff um and uh was a was a great choice, you know. I've really enjoyed just in the first few weeks getting to know Scott and, and uh, getting some good football discussions off the record uh, under our belts, and can't wait for you know all the things that we have planned to actually materialize, and everyone gets to see uh, a lot of what we have 
plan for Scott in terms of content, but uh, it's good to have him on the show. Scott, uh, can you just take a moment, introduce yourself, tell people about your background and uh, how they can keep track of you? Well, thank you for the introduction. It's very kind of you. Whether or not it was a good hire is yet to be determined. Well, well, let's see how this thing plays out. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I'm excited. This is uh, it's cool. This is really this is going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be great how this goes. Uh, started in the football media industry many many years ago. Uh, started working with uh, with Russ Landy at GM Junior Scouting back in 2012, and have just kind of navigated my way uh, to this point with you guys. Uh, it's it's a you know it's been a, an interesting process to see how how some of this stuff plays out, uh, how the process works. It's eye-opening at times. Uh, you know, like, for example, you don't, you know, you guys have been to the Senior Bowl. You know what it's like. But but the first time you're there and you see you you see the thousands of guys in the auditorium watching the, it's just jarring. It's like, this is weird. This is just, it's just strange thing. Uh, you know, so, you know, I, I just kind of navigating my way through that, and uh, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's watching football. I mean, obviously, we all have a passion, a passion for watching football. It's something that we love to watch. We love to to evaluate it. Uh, I laughed yesterday when we were talking about the teams that we follow, and it's no surprise how we found ourselves to the draft. Um, I think that's hilarious. Uh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at Bischoff underscore Scott. Uh, ask questions. I tend to, I, I'm, you know, I'm not one of these uh, abrasive guys on Twitter. So ask questions, and, and I'll do my best to get to them. And, uh, I'm kind of more of a under the radar kind of tape grinding type of, of personality. And and uh, if I have big bold opinions on a guy, it's because I, it's, it's there's a reason. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll always be able to point to something that that kind of gets me to the to a reason as to to why I think what I think. Uh, I tend to not necessarily fall always along the lines of, of how everybody else is thinking about things sometimes that's good sometimes that's bad but at the end of the day being able to do, you know to uh explain what i'm thinking what what i'm seeing why i'm thinking what i'm thinking because of what i'm seeing i think is something that'll help us all so yeah and uh, i think scott said it best uh we have a type here with the ndt group uh, these these tape grinders um, Scott is another one of those guys, so uh, we're really thankful to have him on. And, and Lord knows between how much I watch and Joe watches and Scott watches and Elliot watches and, and Roger watches, uh, we are going to have a ton, a ton of ground covered for you guys. That I can guarantee. Uh, we are going to talk about offensive tackles today. Uh, we, we did wide receivers with Elliot a little earlier in the week, so we wanted to kind of gloss over the the offensive tackles and this is not a class that has a uh, surplus to say the least of, of quality options along the offensive tackle position so um we we have kind of five names start as far as guys that we want to get into these are all guys that we've done the assessments on so we have some well-formed opinions on them based off of the tape of what we had the chance to see uh joe i'm gonna let you since you are, are, are the longest to talk, I'm going to let you um, pick out who you want to speak on first, and, and we'll go from there. Okay, cool. I was uh, going to defer to Mr. Bischoff, no, but uh, I will no. take, I'm going to take rookie. this one. He's got to wait. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into uh, Troy, the offensive tackle, Antonio Garcia. 
uh, had a lot of buzz surrounding him going into the Senior Bowl. Uh, many people thought he would take that stage and elevate himself to uh, you know, the top of the offensive tackle list. He didn't quite perform all that well there and uh, left uh, left people wondering what, you know, what the hype was about. So I'm actually kind of glad I didn't watch Garcia before the, the Senior Bowl because I think it would have maybe skewed my expectations. Uh, but after the Senior Bowl, I made a point of it to go back and do my deep dive into his film. And uh, there's a lot of very likable traits. If you like the fleet-footed, offensive tackles that can slide their feet and mere pass rushers well Antonio Garcia is going to be for you I, I really like his feet I really like his pass blocking upside I think he does a really good job of uh, setting a good depth with his with his uh, kick slide uh, he's patient to mere and he understands how pass rushers are going to attack him so he knows how to take away their landmarks so very uh, what I would call a refined pass blocker um, plays with good timing um the foot speed, again, is very nice. Hands are pretty solid. He, he fits his hands pretty well, uh, but they can get a little bit outside the frame at times. He has good pop in his hands, but not a, a ton. But I think the overarching issue with Antonio Garcia is going to be uh, his play weight is going to be. He checked in at the Senior Bowl 6'6", 293, and there's some concerns that he just kind of has a narrow build and that even though he has that 6'6 frame, he's a little bit maxed out. So when you prefer your offensive tackles to be you know, near that 305 to 315 range, he's going to be a little bit light in the trunk, so you start worrying about his ability to handle the power and these really strong uh, con- you know, speed-to-power conversion guys at the next level. Uh, so if he can kind of develop some more strength in the lower half, maybe Maybe bulk up. I wouldn't want him to sacrifice the movement skills, but I think the major concern with him is, you know, how much weight can he handle, and is he going to be, you know, just always light? So, um, like the feet, like the pass blocking upside, and um, certainly a better football player than what we saw in Mobile. Well, you know, one of the things that stood out in Mobile was was that uh, the one on one matchups with when when they put. When they put the defensive players on the offensive linemen and they ask him to, they ask the offensive linemen to win in those situations. That is very much set up in the defender's favor. You know, when it's one on one, the defender can pretty much go as far wide as he wants. He can go outside and go inside, and it's just you know those lanes aren't necessarily there in when when it's real team drills. So, you know, I always take that with a bit of a grain of salt. Now, I will say that watching him. The first day, he struggled um, as he kind of was oversetting to get to the corner, and he would get beat back inside. It happened a couple snaps in a row. I want to think. Of, I want to say it was it was Deshaun Hall from AM who beat him a couple times on that on that mm-hmm. jab step back inside counter move, but it didn't happen after that. And you know, Joe, I think you've nailed it. The issue, the overriding issue with him as it as a left tackle goes is. And I think this is the entire thing. It's the the summary is is he powerful enough to to handle bull rush guys? You know, think of uh, think of a guy like Ziggy Anta turning speed to power on him. How's he going to hold up against that? You know, it, it's one of those things where you know I think we all have it in our mind after seeing him in person. I you know I, there's some concerns as to whether or not he will hold up in that capacity. But from from an athletic stance. He's a fantastic athlete. His lateral quickness is off the charts for 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 an offensive tackle. Uh, you can see it. It's I mean it's it pops. It's one of those things that popped. It's one of the first things I saw right away watching him in practice. I would say that 
Um, while he did struggle one-on-ones, his work in, in team drills was much better. Uh, he, Like Joe said, he mirrors easily. Uh, he does have shorter arms. He's, he's uh, for a 6'6 guy, to have 32 and a half inch arms, it's, they're, they're short arms. But, all right, so this gets into a little bit of uh, thinking, a, a little bit of tackle thinking, and, I, and I'm curious as to where you guys are with it. When you look at a guy with short arms, do you automatically discount him, uh, you know, as a tackle just because of the short arms, or, or is it just is it something that that you need to find? You know, show show me where the short arms show him losing at the college level. Show me on tape where his short arms don't allow him to win. And you know, I'm of the opinion that short arms are combated by good footwork. You can have really long arms. But if your feet aren't aren't set and and you you have bad feet, uh, the long arms aren't really aren't helping you because you're, ba- you're you don't have good balance. I don't know if that makes any sense, but you know, give me uh, give you you know as an example, uh, DJ Fluker is a three hundred and thirty pound tackle. Uh, if his feet aren't behind, are, you know, are behind his hands and guys get to the edge, how are the are the long arms helping him? They're not. So with Garcia, yes, short arms, but I think he's got such good footwork that it makes up for for the lack of arm length. Now, does that mean I'm not concerned at all by the shorter arms? No, it's just it, I, I think his footwork makes up for the for the short arms. Um, I would say on tape, he recovers well, he redirects well. Uh, you know, he plays really tall, and and sometimes I think that's going to be. That's going to be to his detriment as as bull rush and power kind of opens his chest. Joe, you mentioned it. Uh, his punch sometimes does get too wide, and and if he does expose his chest to these guys with to, with power, he's going to get walked back. Uh, one thing that stood out to me, it, it was it was alarming to watch was how fast his hands were when he was punching. I don't know if you guys saw that in Mobile, but his his punch was incredibly quick. And it now, you know, it, it did have a little bit of pop. It wasn't like, uh, you know, he wasn't jolting guys, you know, out of their out of their feet. But, but it, you know, his hands are very quick, and I think his his punch, the timing of his punch, is really going to matter, uh, you know, to help kind of keep people off of his body. Uh, you know, I, I, he looked he looked to me like a guy who who, you know, going in, I, I thought he was going to struggle with some power. And I, w- I thought he would struggle with some of the speed that he saw there, and he did a little bit. But coming out of it, you know, like like you said, Joe, you go back to watch him on film, and, you know, all the traits are there. Uh, it's just can this guy physically mature? Can he can he put on 10 pounds of bulk functional strength and, and get the power issue under control? And, and that's the... That's the question, the great question that needs to be answered is, is can he end up in the, at the NFL level dealing with power? Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, I, I would uh, respond to your initial question there regarding arm length. With it, It's my opinion, I don't care whether you have 35, 34, 33, as long as you have what's over what I refer to as baseline length, a general length that's required, and throughout the course of my um, – evaluations and the way that that I've conducted some analysis on the statistics of of arm length measurement based on guys that have come through uh you gotta at least have 32 at least 32 if not 32 and a quarter it's somewhere in that range that's your baseline level length if you have that your traits are able as you said 
uh, to mirror and compensate for that. And I certainly think you see that with Garcia in terms of the foot quickness that he has. But I think the interesting case study here is you go back over the, the past couple of trapped, or drafts, uh, there's been guys like Jake Fisher and uh, Jason Spriggs, or, or two guys that I've really liked. They have that high-end foot mobility. They were both light in the trunk, lean frames. NFL doesn't take these guys until you know, late 40s, early 50s at the, at the best-case scenario. Uh, I think that's probably where you're going to end up seeing Garcia get valued. That's where he's going to end up being valued for me. I'm not taking the cheese this year. The past two years, I've had those guys as my top offensive tackles. NFL doesn't value him that way. And, and you got to be self-aware of where the disconnect is and understanding, okay, there's some uh, detriment to being light in the frame. And as much as I love guys that can mirror, uh, you got to be able to anchor and drop the anchor and drop the hips and have that functional power, especially if you're coming in as a rookie. That's um, even a reason why you saw Fisher in Kansas City struggle initially was because he was light and lean in the frame. So I think that's going to be a big uphill battle for Garcia in terms of his evaluation and, and, and where teams value him and uh, his transition to the next level. Uh, but let, let's slide over to a guy um, that has some of the same parallels as far as uh, where his strengths are as Garcia. And I'm interested to hear, uh, Scott and Joe, your opinions on this guy. And that's Garrett Bowles of Utah. Uh, I remember reading some buzz from him as early as uh, the middle of November with some people saying, citing sources in NFL front office saying, this guy has the potential to be offensive tackle number one. Um, Scott, I'm going to kick this right back to you uh, since Joe got to dig in uh, initially on Garcia and just give us some of your quick thoughts on Bowles and what you think his strengths and weaknesses are. Well, one of the first things that stands up with Bowles is that he's 24. He's going to be 25 as a rookie. And, you know, it's an alarming, it's an alarming number, but the, the point behind the, the age of being 25 years old is, is he going to physically mature? Because it's one of the things that stands out watching him is that, that he's another one who's super athletic, but there are some issues with power. So as a 25 year old, uh, is he physically mature to the point where he's maxed out? If he is, I'm going to say that I'm a little alarmed, not alarmed, I'm a little worried about his ability with power, but but from an from an athletic standpoint, he's got quick feet, he mirrors well, uh, I think he might have the best footwork of, of, of any of these tackles in this class, he can pull, there's not a lot of pop, there's not a lot of hip snap, so to speak, in, uh, you know, when he makes contact. Uh, it's interesting because because of the way he plays, he's he is nasty, and he and he'll finish he'll finish guys in the dirt. He looks for work. He's very active with his hands. He plays with a, a nice wide base for the most part. It's just, you know, I would say he's more of a, of a finesse tackle. Uh, he's not a real powerful, you know, he, he's just not a functionally strong guy. That's what it looks like on film. But the way he plays, he's real nasty, and 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 he'll finish. And so I think, you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get a, a guy who's gonna give you everything he's got. Um, he's got some off the field history. His story's interesting. Uh, you know, again, he's very active with his hands. Um, I see him generating more as as the play goes on. So, for example, you know, in the run game, he'll he'll uh, he'll make contact and he'll struggle to move a player. 
But once he gets him moving, he kind of finishes the play a little stronger than he starts the play. I find that intriguing. Uh, he is fantastic at turning the defender at the line of scrimmage, at kind of reaching it and then and, and sealing, which tells me he's got a lot of core strength. So I, I know I'm I know that I'm saying things that don't make any sense because I, I, I've just said that he's underpowered, and now I've said that he's got a lot of core strength. But it's just to me, he's an intriguing guy to watch on film because there are there are contrasts in his playing style as as a nasty, aggressive guy. And his inability to move guys off the line of scrimmage to start the play, uh, you know, these are things that show up on film. He works to protect the inside. Uh, you know, he'll he'll work inside out. I think that's smart. Uh, he shows that he's he's technically sound. He's very active at the second level. Uh, again, very solid as a puller. You know, there's a big mean streak with him with the way he plays. He he finishes nasty. Uh, in one of my notes, I have a, can he protect the edge, question mark. So, you know, um, he he is a fantastic athlete. He is a very intriguing guy to watch because there's so much going on in his game. I don't know if you guys seen, have seen the same type of stuff, but you, know, you see a guy who doesn't who doesn't really move guys off the ball as a, as a run blocker and looks physically underwhelming at times and then you and then you watch as the play finishes and and he's got his guy pancaked in the dirt and kind of it's like well where did that come from you know i don't know if you guys have seen that kind of stuff but but he, to me he's i think he is for me he's offensive tackle one in this class but i will say that there's a group of them that are very much like eating really good ice cream it's just kind of what flavor ice cream do you want and it's as a as a simple way of describing it, uh, you know, if you're if you're looking for a right tackle in a power scheme, maybe that's not Bowles. You know, if you're looking for a guy to play left tackle who's who's physically ready to roll out of the box, I think that might be Bowles. You know, um, I'm interested to see what to hear what you guys have to say on him, Joe. What do you think of him? So, uh, yeah, I want to mention a few things on Bowles, but uh, I didn't get a chance to say much about the arm length. Uh, Topic, and I will. Uh, I just want to note something, just real quick, real quick. <laughs> Joe Thomas, thirty-two and a half inch arms. Jake Long, thirty-two and seven eighths. So baseline. Do, baseline. Baseline. Yeah. Length. Baseline's okay. You just need to have baseline. Uh, so on bowls, I think Scott, you uh, you certainly summed that up very well. Um, I, the, if I wanted to add anything to what you were saying, um, it's it's that I think there's a difference between power going forward and the ability to absorb power. So um, I don't have a whole lot of questions about his ability to play forward and generate movement. It's, it's absorbing that power uh, and redirecting it where I think the, the bigger concern is. And, and what I would label some of the stuff that you're talking about uh, with the aggression, with the tenacity, but with sometimes not getting the movement he should get or, you know, that he does get a ton of movement is that sometimes he's just too frenetic, right? And, yeah. and I noted the same thing with Isaac Asiata, his, uh, his left guard right next to him. Both of those guys, man, they, they, their initial surge and their activity off the snap and, and their ability to just work their hands and, and create quick, uh, quick jolt is sometimes mitigated by how quickly they accelerate their feet and, and, and they just slip off blocks. So too yeah. frenetic, but I, Go ahead. Yes. Real quick, that that sounds like Taylor Lewan coming out of Michigan to me. That okay. was that was a big thing with me when I watched Lewan, and their body builds are similar too. Is Lewan had some wasted movement and at times let his base narrow, 
and would spin off of blocks, and I see that in bowls. So as you guys are carrying this conversation, that light bulb's going off for me, and I'm saying, okay, I, I've seen that parallel before. Um, so I, I just wanted to interject real quick while I had that thought, Joe. Please continue. No, I, I, I don't have much more to add, and I don't want to get too wordy with this. So, uh, Kyle, I'm going to kick it right back to you. We've, we've only got a few minutes left. Let's get some quick takes going here on the rest of the tackles we want to, uh, to cover, and, and it's about time that you got to take the lead on one. Oh, man, you're going to put me under the gun here. Let's talk about Ryan Ramchek from uh, Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin tack- left tackle, I'm really impressed with his ability to separate the hips from the shoulders. When he's moving laterally and he's engaged in blocks, he does a really nice job in staying square to his man while also hinging the hips to be able to play with speed and cut cut them off and work his hips across the face. I really like his footwork. His base is strong, uh, balanced in a lot of situations. Not an overwhelming a power style blocker like maybe you'd see from Cam Robinson or some of the other guys in the class, but I'm really impressed with his blend of skills. Uh, the question for Ramchek is, uh, you know, he's he's bounced around to a couple schools. He's got got some uh, uh, some dedication issues in the past that that teams are going to have to feel comfortable with. But from a pure uh, physical standpoint and, and technical standpoint. Really impressed with the amount of uh, polish that he shows. You could tell uh, he, he's worked very much on the technical side of the game, and he has some pretty gifted movement skills to be able to separate his upper and lower halves. Any uh, follow-up thoughts on uh, Ramchek there, Scott? Yeah, you know, it, I think Kyle's got him spot on. He, he is polished. He, he is uh, – the off-the-field stuff is going to be intriguing. That's, I guess, not for us to – determined because we don't we just don't have the access to to being able to speak to him and understand exactly what some of that stuff is but one of the things that 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 stands out to me watching him is his footwork pre-snap and there are times when when his feet are not in the best situation for him which leads to him getting beat by maybe uh power spin move type type things where where uh his feet are are 90 degrees to the line of scrimmage pre-snap. And, uh, you know, Cam Irving is a guy who, who did similar things and does similar things. Even this year he did a little bit of that. And it, it, it's the quickest way to, for these guys to find themselves going backwards because their feet are just not in a powerful position. So watch it. When you watch him on film, if you look at his feet and they're, and they're you know, 90 degrees to the line of scrimmage, that is not that is not how uh, a setup is supposed to start. And it, you know, if everything stems from the ground and, and and you're setting up poorly, it leads to bad things. Now he doesn't do it all the time. There are just sometimes where it, it's it's something I just wanted to mention because I've noticed a little bit with him. In in those reps, he does get beat. Uh, those are also reps where he kind of stands straight up. Where we all know that. If the first move a tackle makes is to stand straight up, that's a loss. That's not a good thing. Uh, there are times when he's a little bit, uh, you know, a little late coming out of his stance, which is also a bad thing, you know, uh, at the at the tackle position. But but for him, I think he's a smart technician. I think he's efficient in his in his movements. I think he's a very solid tackle. I think he's one of those guys that that uh, is going to represent some value in this class. It, it doesn't seem like, you know, we see all the mock drafts, and I know, I know they're sort of meaningless at this point, but, but everybody's got these guys going in the 20 range, and, and 
I think we all know that that if a team really likes a, a tackle, just because of the premium on the position, you know, a player like Ramchek is a guy who could go higher than where, where most people have him, just because of uh, the, the overall game that he does have. He's a solid player. I'm going to take the lead here on Cam Robinson. Uh, just just going to do it. You know, he's an interesting player. I like his ability to uproot defensive linemen. Uh, he's got the heavy hands. He'll lift. He'll roll his hips and accelerate his feet uh, to move them off the ball. He can re-leverage his hips very well. Uh, he can sink his hips and, and, and anchor and absorb all kinds of power and redirect it. A really nice blend of upper and lower body strength, and he can use it in unison and overwhelm as a as a run blocker uh as a pass blocker i like the punch i like the movement skills uh to stymie rushers but um uh, what i get worried about sometimes with robinson is that he'll deaden his feet on contact and, and it'll expose him a little bit either inside or outside um overall his pass sen- pass set angles are okay they need some consistency um but um it's that deadening of the feet at times that lead to body control issues. And I noted the same thing sometimes as a run blocker is it's just getting it all together in unison uh, to, to create a, a consistent, consistent, sustainable block. Um, so angles, body control are ma- major issues. I love the power. And then you kind of watch him like there is a lot of, of mental lapses, it appears, right? Like he'll miss twists and stunts to his side. I'm not sure if that's a communication issue between him and the guard, but there are just missed guys that are able to leak through untouched, and he jumps off. He uh, he'll he'll fall start a lot. So some of those um those mental aspects of the game, I have some questions about. And uh, there's a nice physical skill set, a lot of power that if it can uh, just improve some of that technique stuff, I think you have a, a, a really solid player, um, but he's going to need, he needs some work. He's not necessarily what I would call a finished product. And, um, um, you know, some of that technical stuff is going to have to come or else he's going to, he's going to overextend and find himself in vulnerable positions at the next level. Yeah, it's one of the things that stands out is is there are there are moments where he does overextend and and he'll bend at the waist. It gets you know he, he kind of gets over his toes a little bit and and uh, maybe a little too aggressive lunging uh, kind of thing. Uh, this is a, this is a powerful football player. This is this is a guy with a, a lot of power. Down blocking, watching him down block is fun because he clears out a ton of space. He did a very good job against Miles Garrett. Uh, you know, I, I mean he's. You know, it's uh, he's an interesting player. Uh, I see similar clunkiness, if that's a word, to a little bit of what we saw with Eric Flowers at Miami. And they're, and they're similar guys. They're huge, powerful, massive guys. Um, you know, question kind of with him is, is, are we seeing him as a left tackle? Or are we? do we want him to start out on the right side? And then secondarily to that, and I know this is a long conversation, not for today, but in today's NFL, do do either of you guys believe that the right tackle position is less uh, important than the left tackle position? Yeah, and um, you know, the biggest thing that I had in my my notes for Robinson was hold your water, and that can be applicable in more ways than one. Uh, Joe, you had mentioned the the false start tendencies, and Scott, you had mentioned. Uh, the lunging issues and getting out and just patience, you know, staying patient and uh, playing with intelligence and understanding, you know, when you have the leverage and not compromising that. Uh, but I, eight, seven or eight out of every ten reps, 
he looks like a stud. And then he'll he'll have two or three that is you just kind of throw your hands up and uh, uh, you're kind of confused on what you're seeing. But uh, I I really like Robinson's game. Uh, I think if you had to draw up from a traits perspective, uh, the best tackle in the class, I think, from a functional athleticism standpoint, uh, I think he's got enough. I think he's got great length, which is something that we've talked about as well. Uh, the, the power is very evident on down blocks, and when he gets out in the second level, if he's able to get you know, a cutoff block and a favorable angle on his release, uh, can be really devastating stuff. So uh, I'm a big fan of Cam. Obviously, there's some off-the-field stuff there, which, again, is not really our area to speculate just because we don't have the, the, the full – uh, story. I, I, I know there was a charge for him with a firearm uh, over the summer, but uh, he didn't miss any playing time with that. So that, that's questions that NFL teams are going to have to answer with him as well. Yeah, and um, you know this this offensive tackle class is interesting. We got into the top four here today, and um, there's excitable things about all of them, and then there's concerns about all of them. So uh, <laughs> development, right, the the development of these players is going to be really important because all of these guys you can say that's going to be a quality tackle, and all of them you can say I would not be surprised if they completely flop. So uh, it'll be a polarizing class now and going forward. It'll be interesting to go back in three years and say, all right, what what – prove to be the true overarching themes that led to these guys' success or demise. Uh, we are going to pump the brakes right there here on Draft Dudes. We definitely appreciate Scott, man. You uh, delivered the knowledge today on the show, and um, I think everyone can see why he's going to be such a great fit uh, on the NDT scouting team with all the uh, the solid uh, foundational football knowledge he has and the assessments that are going to come and the, and the information that we're going to be able to provide to you, the consumer. Uh, stay connected with all of us. We are all on Twitter. Kyle is at NDT Scouting. I am at the Joe Marino. Scott is at Scott, or excuse me, at Bischoff underscore Scott. So, uh, you know, obviously the man has plenty of takes. Ask him questions. We need to get this guy to tweet more. He's got good information. So there you have it. I've, I've, I'm calling out Scott. I want more tweets. Uh, we've got a lot of good written work that's available for you right now. I put out a an article on our Darius Stewart from Alabama and a mock draft for you in the last few days. Kyle last week put out some information on Chad Hansen the, uh, and assessing his hype over there. Cal and obviously the nice piece on Middle Tennessee State's Jeremy Cutrer. He's got pieces for you this week coming out as well. So we got a lot of stuff coming. Stay connected. We're going to be back again for you on Friday here on the podcast. Uh, and, uh, you know, keep plugged in. Thank you so much for the subscriptions. Tell a friend what we're doing. We're trying to build this podcast, and we want as much support as we can. So if you're enjoying it, share, subscribe, listen, you know, all of the above. We greatly appreciate it. Until Friday, signing off for Scott Bischoff and Kyle Krabs, I'm Joe Marino, and this is the Draft Dudes Podcast. Draft Dudes! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.